This holiday, whether you're making a Kroger Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Kroger has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I put my lifetime in between the paper's lines. Hey man, Subdue Pod, this is a special occasion. I told this homie that I wanted to bring him on the show when it's something special. I did not know what was going to happen, happen, but this is what I wanted him to come on the show to talk about because he is he is now this generation sway. He is this generation's Kurt Loader. He is this generation's uh, Kevin Powell. He is this generation's <laughs> foremost person when it comes to hip hop journalism and just journalism in general, you know. And 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 he's somebody that you know that I worked with, that I had the pleasure of, of of even teaching for a little bit and having robust conversations. Finally got my man MTV Viacom Paramount Plus. Source magazines, the double Excel, and that's kind of what the issue is today, in terms of how hip hop journalism is going. Because the people with that that level of gravitas, that level of training in telling stories responsibly, we don't have that center of gravity anymore, and that's why we see some of the stuff we see today. And you hit the nail on the head, Noriega, um, DJ FN, Drink Champs, do an interview with Kanye West. It goes left in a number of ways. Um, <laughs> I, I've i already said to myself, I'm not going to talk about the anti-Semitic stuff because I think that's a conversation that I am not able to have. But, okay, okay. No, I'm not able to have it. I'm not able to have it because I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know what it is really. like because and, and the reason why I say that is because we all grown up with grown adults who say some of the same things. We've heard Louis Farrakhan, Minister Louis mm-hmm. Farrakhan say certain things. And it's certain things that I hear that I might go, oh, okay. It doesn't yeah. hit me that way. But yeah, for us, some of these things are like old talking points and we right. might not have the knowledge or education in the black community to understand why they're perceived as anti-Semitic exactly. and why some of them are 
anti-Semitic. Exactly. Yeah. So I will definitely not have a conversation around that because I'm not trying to be somebody that is irresponsible in my talking. However, right, right. I think that the George Floyd situation in this is interesting because as I just put on social media, black people were protesting on social media, venting downtown in our areas, doing other things. And they mm -hmm. were all doing these things for George Floyd because of George Floyd. Now Kanye West comes in and he says that George Floyd did not die because Derek Chauvin, the former Minnesota police officer who had his knee on George Floyd, his knee wasn't on him like that. And he died due to fentanyl. And it's interesting to see how, in some cases, you are seeing the lack of people talking about it because this is a, it's, um, a, a touchy subject. Even Fuck Master Flex last night went on a rant that I thought that was very interesting when he called out hip-hop for not speaking on specifically what he said about George Floyd. But mm -hmm. yet, when the thing happened, you were tweeting, you were Facebooking, you were making songs. Now, I'm not going to really talk about that. I'm going to talk about the, the the jotting that down, the journalism effect of that. Yeah. Because normally... Wait, real real quick, ahead. too, on the George Floyd piece, got to say and underscore that that was disproven in court. Right. He died due to asphyxiation. That's why the guy, Derek Chauvin, was uh, convicted because it was clear and obvious that that was 100% why he died. And Kanye is getting the information that he got, even the fact that he said that um, George Floyd, when he called out for his mom, um, I don't know why this is material to what the narrative Kanye wants to say, but George Floyd was uh, called his girlfriend mama as well. So Kanye was right. talking about that. And all of those things were things that came out in the documentary uh, that Candace Owens did, um, who is an ultra conservative person that Kanye has been running up behind. So all of this stuff discrediting how George Floyd died and all of those falsehoods are coming from a documentary that Candace Owens put out. So he's just regurgitating false talking points from things that have already been disproven in court. And I don't like part of the reason why I want that is conversation is because as you had said, you know, a couple of minutes ago, you know, it would have been a special report. Like we all know the the MTV MTV news music. Yeah. And I'm Kurt Loder, I'm Sway, or yeah. I forgot Shorty's name. Um, the one that was on the Suit Chip Pack. Suit Chip Pack, her too. Yeah. But somebody would have been on TV or on the internet telling you this story and disproving. But now mm -hmm. we don't really have that. We have podcasts, we have um, we have publications who are now going more of an aggregate way of, of doing things as opposed to getting out and, and, and doing their own their own work. Mm -hmm. and, and, and now people are on social media saying that, that hip-hop platforms need to be more responsible. How do you do that in 2022 with all of those things that we discussed? Well, here's the thing. We got to know what shows are for. And this was something I tweeted about, right? I don't like people coming at Nori. I understand why they're coming at Nori. Let's be clear. Because as somebody tweeted to me, Suzette, um, who does, uh, uh, dang, I wish I could, Urban Dialogue, I think her name is. Suzette Wright, um, homie from Chicago. I just want to give credit where it's due. She was like, well, what is irresponsible is inviting somebody on your show while they're having a manic episode. And what I'll add to that is also 
not bringing, knowing that you don't have the range to have this conversation, but not including somebody who does. They could have just right. as easily had a third co-host. They've had podcasts before where they'll interview multiple people at once. They did Ja Rule and um, Irv Gotti together. You know what I mean? So they could have brought on uh, a Van Lathan, uh, whoever, um, who has, who knows how to talk about race relations to help them through the conversation because this this is what Ye has been talking about. It's not like we didn't know Ye might talk that talk. He just did a White Lives Matter shirt. So they could have had somebody on to do that. This is the problem I have, though. When we talk about hip-hop journalism and responsibility, usually people are talking about Carisha Please, a million dollars worth of game, hosted by Gilly, uh, talking about Drink Champs, hosted by Nori. These are platforms that are hosted by rappers, and they're dope platforms, and I love them. Drink Champs is one of my favorite shows. This is not from people who are trained to do the thing that they're doing. Ye went to that platform because he knows they're not gonna challenge him. He said, these are, these are friends of his. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, that is why you go to where you're comfortable. There's something that they do that is unique and special because you, can, you can't, I can't create history with these people, right? Like, right. I, I will never know these people for as long as Nori have known them and I'll never be a peer to another rapper who has experienced the same thing that these rappers have experienced. But in the same way, I think with the growth of these podcasts, we have forgotten that what they're doing is a form of storytelling and it's a form of content creation, but it is not journalism. So to ask them to follow the same journalistic standards that we follow is irrational. And it's asking too much of Nori unless he decides he fully wants to be a, a journalist. Same yeah. with Joe Budden. Yeah. Joe Budden just be talking. Like all of these people, you, and they, I love them all. I'm not shading none of them. No. But they do something different than what journalists do. And and correct me if I'm wrong here, right? Um, or just just let me know if I'm tweaking. You are known to do that. I, I you know I allow you to be like, hey bang, you tweaking. <laughs> right. <laughs> Am I wrong in thinking that people are only doing this to suit their own narrative? What I mean by that is what I mean by that is we enjoy drink champs when <laughs> it's in its essence. But when they're still in their essence with somebody else, like what is Kanye or even the um the Irv Gotti, which you mentioned, the Irv Gotti Ja yeah. Rule interview where you know that people had an issue about Irv Gotti's tone towards Ashanti and they felt like yeah. Ja Rule should have checked them. And and which that is did. right, which he did. Um, but Nori should have been like, hold on, wait a minute as well. Like yeah. Drink Champs and these other podcasts are really driven around conversation. And nine yeah. times out of ten, when we're doing the same thing, we're not necessarily checking people. So am I wrong in thinking that people are are only doing these things to suit their interests because of the way that we view Drink Champs and how they're number one right now, or at least between one and three, because they fluctuate between a million dollars yeah. worth of game or Joe Budden. I think you have a point. I think, I think also what happens is when you have somebody as big as Kanye, you start to get commentary from people who are outside of that audience's core, right? right. This is, these are people who don't watch Drink Champs and probably never really seen the show. They just know that a pop culture figure came on a podcast with somebody who should have been challenging these things that he was saying. But if you watch the show, and if you've been watching the show for the past four years, like I have, I remember the 
first in the, I think the first episode was either with Ja Rule, Fat Joe, or DMX. It was one of those three. But like from those early episodes, Nori had to learn in real time how to not cut people off in conversation, which he mentioned in his apology. He had to learn in real time like how to just re- so now he's using this as a show to just let his homies come on and just bullshit, just talk. And that's the beauty of it. It is not for a smart conversation. He'll tell you. He was from the resource class. Like, he's like, don't get me wrong. He is a smart brother. But he is not an intellect in terms of, like, conversation about race and academic. And that's not his beat. He's a very smart. That's why he's been able to build what he's been building. But he's just studying other things. So I think to your point, it's the same thing that happens with music, right? We enjoy shoot 'em up, bang bang music. We'll listen a million times to a dude who rap. We'll sal- uh, uh, rap about robbing people. We'll salute a rapper for going back to their hood, and then call PNB Rocker goofy for wearing his chain right. out about in LA. But if you rap, if you if that same guy did a song about I wear my chain anywhere, we'll be singing it. But when we do it in practice, it's a problem. Same with drill music. We love drill music. Until we find out what it means to smoke on that tuca. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's the same thing that's happening with content. We, we, you know, you said in your tweet one time, you was like, is it Uchi Wally or is it one Yeah, mic? see, and that's, you know? that's my thing. And that's actually where I'm about to go next because you mentioned some of the podcast names. And I really, I think people really need to choose or somebody needs to get together and put together a hip hop platform that is more knowledgeable and responsible however in this climate you have people like we want messy until it gets too messy and now we want people to be responsible there you go it's the same argument with hip-hop though right like motherfuckers want people to be i'm gonna talk all the way free like motherfuckers want people to 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 do conscious content do conscious rap or these females rappers don't do that they 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 being too negative and male rappers um, you know, they need all of these conversations. Nobody's listening to Rhapsody at the level that they should, right? There are people that are doing what it is that you want them to do. So it's, eh. I, I talked about Kanye when he did the, the White Lives Matter shirt. Yeah. And it did well. We, we had a 300,000, um, 230,000, you know, views on, on Twitter. If we manage the success in that way. Uh, and, and on Instagram, on the MTV news platform, it went, it went crazy. A lot of people engaged with it, commented, you know, argued back and forth with it. But it didn't go viral, you know, but that was sound, well-researched perspective on why the White Lives Matter shirt was problematic. Who do we need to talk to to get those resources in front of Anuri so that he can prepare for an interview properly, if they even want to do that? And right. two, when people are making that, like Jamel Hill is one of the best journalists, I believe, in our culture who is still relatable and began as a sports journalist, but just as an all around super intelligent journalist. How often are we listening to her podcast? Like if you want a sound podcast around issues that matter, if you want those conversations with Cheryl Lee Ralph after she won the Oscar and all, there are shows that are doing that. Right. But those shows aren't going to end up on a, on a shade room. Exactly. I'm not going to end up on a shade room or neighborhood talk. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we got to decide what it is that we want. You can't make Carisha Dan Rathers. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not happening, bro. That is a chick oh. from Miami who is good at what she does. <laughs> Man, dude. And now, before you before I even ask the next question, the first thing that I thought of is how it would be, how it would be cool from somebody from our culture to be the head anchor 
at the five o'clock news, six o'clock news. Growing up, like Tom yeah. Brokaw, Brian Williams, yeah. Dan Rather, all of these people were loved and brought into everybody's home. Walter Conkright, I remember, I remember saying I wanted to get in journalism because I wanted to be on the radio or TV to announce when a big moment happened. And then when those people retired, it was a big thing for those people to be replaced by somebody. It was a big thing for Katie Couric to be, you know, um, uh, even an anchor. It was a big deal for Lester Holt, who we all love and affectionately know from his time in Chicago, to be the NBC, um, the NBC anchor. However, in 2022, and talking about hip-hop, and I'm going to use Gail King for an example here. And I believe that Gail King is the best example here because Gail King did interviews with Megan Thee Stallion. She did an interview with R. Kelly and the hip hop community shunned those interviews. And they even said, how come you can't come to us? But then the same hip hop community wants you to be Gail King. They want you to be they want you to be that journalist. So is it possible for hip hop to have a 60 minutes style type of show with serious broadcasting um in this era or have have, have we've been conditioned so much to only expect the shade room neighborhood talk or my favorite because i thought it was about gospel but it ain't spiritual word like i thought that was about jesus and then i was like And I can't bring myself to unfollow them, but I thought this was a spiritual word. And I'm like, but see, let's zoom out a little bit from hip hop. This is a nationwide problem with media literacy. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing that's happening with what led to Trump getting in office. People aren't really, actually there's surveys, and I just did a conversation with uh, Charlene uh, Polite Corley from Nielsen, who was breaking down where people get most of their news from. And people actually, get most of their news from, I don't know if this particular stat was in the Nielsen report, but people actually get most of their news from late night talk shows. So white America, when they, when they get it, they get most oh. of their news from the monologue that Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel gives at the end of their show. They get that broad strokes thing, that things that happened this week from Saturday, Saturday Night oh. Live skits uh, from Trevor Noah on The Daily Show. This is where people get the bulk of their news and information. So broadly, we have a problem with where we're getting information from. And I I saw that report. I didn't watch the live, but I saw the report. I've already sent it to my team. No, because, Mm. you know, regular job is managing editor for Black America Web. And and those things are things that I I try to be real versed in and know where my audience is and everything. And then um, another trusted source is the Black Podcast Report. You read the Black Podcast Report and you see what people say that they would like to see if we got it. I don't know if we did we lose you. Oh, there we go. We well, you still laugh. We talking. You know, it's gonna be. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm here. All right. That's, but, that's what I hate about my, my, my iPad. I'm but it's okay. Right. It's okay. But I'm trying to fact see this, this is the journalism thing though. Don't lose the You're trying to fact check. Fact check. Yeah. I'm trying to fact check myself in real time <laughs> to make sure that what I said was true. Oh <laughs> but yeah, keep going. I, I'm with <laughs> you. But um going back to that 60 minutes thing, right? Like thinking about Bill Whitaker and Ed Bradley, Ed Bradley being the first. 
black correspondent in 60 minutes thinking about a lesser hope um but even like just just so you know this is probably the weirdest thing that people might not know about jr bang but jr bang the the the, the gentleman right here behind me is my grandfather who actually next week it would be two years since he's passed no three years since he's no two years two years since he's passed away that man put the newspaper in front of me at two years old Hmm. i was reading the front page and i was also reading box scores and all of that stuff because of him i really grew up with a love of news like i was the nerd in front of the tv like oh man let me see what they talking about here I love Walter Jacobson. Like Walter Jacobson mm-hmm. on, and, and Robin Robinson on Fox held me down. I remember when Robin Robinson was Robin Brantley. That's how much of a nerd I was when it comes to news to the point where I'd be like, dang, they was just on Channel 9, but they went over there before I knew even what Fida was. Mm-hmm. But that's hard news and yeah, hard yeah. journalism. Even Barbara Walters, and I use Barbara Walters as an example, Barbara Walters' late night specials where she's talking to celebrities gets on, used man. to get so much views. Used to get the ratings used to be high, you know, from her talking to um, to Richard Pryor at the you no know, set himself on fire trying to smoke some crack. Uh, Robin Gibbons and, and 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 Mike Tyson, Whitney Houston with um with um Diane forgot her last name that quick. Diane Sawyer. Diane All Sawyer. All people used to anticipate these things. How hard is it for you? Because you do these sit-down interviews or you're on the red carpet. But I know you have a hard journalistic background. How hard is it for you to be having these conversations and not dab in that? And I have a second question to that, but I want you to ask that first. You, you... You, the, the way you contextualized that was perfect because we, we come from the era of appointment television. And, you know, people always talk about even 106 and Park. Oh, we need to bring 106 and Park back or a show where black talent can come. And ha- I'm like, bro, we'll never again. I don't think we'll ever again have an era where everybody is watching the same thing at the same time. I think the last of that was the Game of Thrones finale. Cause that came that came on at on, on at appointment television, right? Wasn't it on? Yeah. Actual. That might have been the last time the whole country is watching one thing at once. Because, and I looked up the research, Pew Research, eighty six percent of people get their news from social media and their smartphones. So, segments and clips, and it's all coming in short bites. So I've already let go of the idea that we all are working from the same set of facts because we're all getting our information from multiple places. So how, as a journalist, do you operate in that world? Well, first, you got to level set your expectations and say, well, I'm not going to be able to talk to everybody. So who am I talking to? And what do the people I'm talking to need to know? And then the others of us who have bigger platforms, how do I make sure they get information so that they can have more responsible conversations when they have it? So I'm never coming into this space. I approach even red carpet interviews that are supposed to be light with the same amount of intensity and intentionality as I would if I was talking to a president. Because you have to get it right and you have to let people know that there is a difference between key-keying and getting information. And both are valuable for different reasons. And, And social media is helping to shorten our attention spans. So even 
even if I do a five minute video essay on an issue that you're super interested in, you're only going to watch the first 20 seconds of it. You know what I'm saying? If that, you know, when we do the research, sometimes it's only three seconds that they're watching. You know what I mean? Right. That's why even, so now I'm looking at, okay, how do I drop it in a way where, so instead of like putting the whole story up, now I do them as Instagram carousels. Like, so there are all these different ways I'm working to get the information out there so that you can get it as quickly as possible. But that means a lot of context is lost. Even with the Kanye interview, people are talking about the same five clips. There was a lot that he said, you know what I mean? So I, I just kind of, we just got to lean into the fact that we'll never, TV will never look like it looked when we were growing up and TV personalities will never mean what they meant to us when we were coming up. We just got to operate in a different reality. And so influencers, now people are getting information from influencers who don't even know about what they're talking about. Like, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's a messy hey, look, situation, man. I said on the pod, man, that I'd be going down the, the TikTok rabbit hole about the firmament and, and the glass wall and the ice wall and uh, Antarctica, mm -hmm. and it'd be really people up in there that really be like on their journalistic talk, but they probably just be regurgitating some stuff that somebody else said on TikTok so they could get some views. So I feel you on that. A uh, couple of couple of things before Wait, the sec go. second half. You had a second uh -huh. half to that question. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm going to the second yeah, okay, half okay. right now. How hard is it you feel for journalists right now, especially in the hip hop world, to be responsible and continue having relationships? With these artists, because we know hip hop is really relationship based, and then yeah. there's some people who are still involved with certain things or want the look like they're involved with certain things. So, how are you gonna have a conversation with Elliot Wilson yeah. and expect Elliot Wilson to have that type of conversation that people are now all of a sudden wanting? Yeah, when you yeah. don't want to lose that relationship by asking the wrong question. Whew. I think that's something that, I think that's actually something, it's funny you bring up Elliot Wilson, I think that's something that B-Dot does well, right? He's friends with Drake, he's friends with Griselda, uh, or friendly, I don't know how close he is with, with Griselda and them, but he's friends with a lot of folks, and will shit on their album and be like, nah, you ain't lyricist of the year this year, I hated this project. And they just gotta respect it because they know that's where he's coming from. Um, same thing with Charlemagne. Now, Charlemagne doesn't really have industry relationships, but he does because you know who he is and where he's coming from. And the platform is bigger than him as a personality. So whether you like Charlemagne or not, if you want, if you're on your press run and you want to talk to New York and the country, you're stopping by the Breakfast Club. So it just comes down to being serious about what you do. I feel like the moment that journalists start worrying about relationships is the moment that you sit, you shift from a journalist to a PR person, right? It is a publicist's job to worry about relationships, not mine. I'm gonna ask you the question. I'm not gonna trip you up or surprise you. I'm gonna hope that you know this question is coming. If you just did a White Lives Matter fashion show yesterday, you should know that question is coming and you should know I'm gonna push you because you know who I am. But that is, uh, I, I, so it's not, it's not really hard. I think the only thing that I think the public needs we need to find out how to get information to the public about how to be more media literate so that the public can tell the difference between a blog that's posting misleading information about something like the safety act and calling it the purge uh mm. versus a credible news outlet because mind you 
these people can pay blogs to post whatever they want to post, what want them to post, or these obscure blogs that pop up overnight can post a real memeable infographic and then the hip hop blogs taking a run with it because they're understaffed and they don't have real journalists working for them. Revolt has a news department. Revolt news department tries to do a fact check at an interview and it was terrible. Revolt news department needs an overhaul and that's no disrespect to the great leaders that I know. Even that, I got relationships at Revolt, right? Yeah, like, we, 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 we both we, do, so I understand. We both, we, we're friends with very high level people at Revolt. We respect those people. We love what they are doing to the culture, but we also know where folks need to tighten up. Just like when I need to tighten up, folks is texting me on the side. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I've went live and said some bombastic things before and you text me on the side. Like we got relationships with these people. I understand what you're saying, but let's talk about how you went about it. Let's, let's talk. Like, so I, I think that's not really my concern. I think my big concern is that the public knows the difference between what Nori does and what even Rap Radar does, right? You know, he used to say it on his podcast, Rap Radar, the journalist, but they're also probably not as entertaining as Nori. You know what I'm saying? It's three hours of people drinking and smoking and being themselves. You're not drinking and smoking on Rap Radar. You are there to answer real questions. So it's, it's a different, it's a whole different, a different beast. And if the public knows that, they'll know, you can still be upset with Nori and how he handled the interview, yeah. but you shouldn't be surprised by it. I knew when I pressed play exactly what I was going to do. What I was gonna watch, and I actually didn't watch the whole interview for that reason. I'm like, I'm knowing Nori's not gonna do this yeah. interview where I want to hear it. I'm gonna wait until I'm in the mood. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna burn one. I'm gonna wait until I'm in the mood to hear yeah. to hear I, just them tweak. <laughs> I said, I said, to, I said to Larry Legend on Twitter, that's like getting mad at your mom because she's not a virgin. You knew what it was. Like you knew what it was. You knew what it was gonna be. You you knew Nori wasn't gonna be up in there and be like, we're stopping the hits. To talk about something serious today, right? Kanye West is on the show. You—that was never going to happen. This is—that's no. not what this is for. That's, that's not, not. That's not what for. that platform is for. But I think I think we got to ask ourselves as serious journalists, right? Like, either level set our expectations and know that when I'm talking about things that people need to hear, it might not travel until a larger news story puts it in the in, in the in the zeitgeist, which is why. We talk about serious issues through a pop culture lens. So if I want to talk about, for example, climate change and fast fashion and what that how that how fast fashion has messed up the environment, I'm going to talk about uh, Kourtney Kardashian's partnership with Boohoo. And so you into the Kardashians. Hey, by the way, here's a climate change conversation. Right. Oh, you into this Kanye White Lives Matter thing? Okay, let me tell you what White Lives Matter is. It's dangerous. basically like, related related links and articles. You do the same thing for it. Do the same and like and 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 I know somebody's gonna listen to this and be like, "Y'all bang scared to talk about that anti-Semitic shit." Like, no, I actually don't. I am clouded by what my fathers and grandfathers and uncles have said. So somebody's literally going to have to educate me on what that is and that's probably more impactful for me to be educated and i think also as journalists journalists you know your job is to educate teach learn through asking these questions and giving somebody a platform but you also want to learn more about this person for your own education which i which is the last question i will get into i'm gonna let you go um what does hip-hop artists how do they fit in the court what role do they play because as i said earlier 
And I've seen this. Now, mind you, I've seen this being inside of a radio station, filming interviews, editing interviews. I will not name the person, but a mm -hmm. question was asked, and that man looked at that person and was like, look, I'm not answering no more questions when it comes to this and that, and I'm going to tell the label that we not doing this. And, yeah. and, and I know it's been many occasions where I've had to edit stuff out or the label has <laughs> asked my team to remove certain okay. things out. Yeah. And and these are things that are not, some of which are not gossipy. It's yeah. some serious shit that probably yeah, yeah. needs to be talked about. But now the label is like, ah, we don't want you to talk about that. So yeah, what yeah. do artists and labels, what role do they play in this? Because again, I don't think people truly understand how much of a bit a relationship business mm -hmm. that hip hop is specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tricky because we're in this climate, going back to how information is coming out right now, we're in this climate where artists, if they want to just have a one-way conversation, can just talk directly to their fans. Right, they can jump on Instagram and talk to their five million people just like that. But they're, but I think artists need to realize that we enrich. We as in journalists, radio hosts, and local markets, even that radio host in that local market that only has five thousand followers, they have ten thousand, twenty thousand real life listeners, real life people who listen to their voice every single day on the way to do their activities, and they trust them. And if you want them to trust you. You tap in with them. I think sometimes we overestimate how these numbers really relate to engagement and actual album sales. A perfect example is the baby, right? People are saying he's blackballed. He's not blackballed. He still has millions of followers. Mm -hmm. The only thing that may have changed is maybe he's not included as much on playlists, or maybe he's not in the algorithm where if you're listening to NBA Youngboy track radio, where uh, another the baby song may come on right after. But that still happens, though. That actually still happens. But it's are those followers mobilizing and are you having conversations with media outlets in a way that articulates who you are and why fans should still be engaged with you and your work when you have a rough patch in your career right that's the role that we play and artists and labels have to work with us on that role we're not not going to ask you the question that everyone wants to know the answer to your job as an artist is to craft a good answer to that question that will be asked inevitably and it was always that case. Like I watched the old clip the other day of J-Lo answering to the N-word to AJ and Free on 106 in Park. They were like, yo, J-Lo, you got this song with Ja Rule, you say the N-word, what's up with that? It was a softball, she gave an the answer, they didn't push back and went on. Like, you gotta know the question is coming. So I would say to artists and labels, know that those questions are coming. And if you're not ready to go answer those questions, get off the press tour, only go live. But if you're gonna talk to a journalist, that's what it's gonna be. Now the downside to that conversation is, those people have a right to tell us no, to right. tell your platform no, to tell us no, and only go to Nori. When they only go to people they're friendly with and don't have a journalistic conversation, but just are potting for fun, that is when you have the blowups that happened this past week. So yeah. it's something that's still evolving. It's something that's still evolving that we're still figuring out in real time. So artists have got to decide what they want out of these conversations. Yeah, I think to put a bow on a lot of this, like hip hop is coming into its 50th year. And I think that with hip hop being the number one genre when it comes to music um, out here in the world, um, and, and we're now at a point where we're seeing 
the people that we grow up with get into their late 40s and 50s, I think that also changes things as well. And, and, and the reason why I say it changes things as well is because they've matured through hip hop and mm-hmm. we've watched them mature through hip hop. So you expect certain things to mature with that, but then you look at it and you say, you start saying, damn, back in my day, Kurt Loder or Sway would come on and they would have a conversation. Back in my day, Joe Claire could have a serious conversation with an artist on Rap City and, and, right. and not be looked at. But it also comes down with trust. And I think that there, there, there are still a lot of journalists that feel that we have to do things a certain way mm-hmm. because we are not going to get the views and the clicks. Like and we don't have the leverage that we once had. And but we don't have here's, the leverage. Here's a perfect that we example. I don't want to mention the personalities because I, I think they might be under your umbrella, and I don't want to highlight something That's, that was a hey, rough patch. I'm with but, you. Um, but there was there was an R&B singer that was on a radio morning show in Atlanta. And got upset because. She oh yeah, that was. Too. Oh yeah, that was that was definitely under my umbrella. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, Shit. but 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 here, here's the funny thing. Here's the thing that artists also have to do. It's two points I want to make. Here's the thing that artists also have to do. So she put them on blast and said, "All of my other interviews have been so great, but these people were disrespectful, and she felt like they misgendered her. Which, when I listened to it, it didn't seem so. But that's how the artist felt." And she put them on blast. When you go down her timeline at that time and in her story, she didn't share not one of the positive interviews that she had. So you have artists, you have people like me who play by the rules sometimes, because even though I'm talking all this hard, heavy interview stuff, there have been times when my producers say, yo, we've talked to the PR person. They're asking, can we not ask this question? And I say, well, I don't want to do the interview if I don't ask this question. And they say, okay, this is going to have a ripple effect on the entire company and how we relate to that artist. Are you sure this is the bridge you want to die on? How important is that question to you? And how important is this relationship early in their career? Is it really that important? Do you think you're going to get the bang for your buck? I'm like, you know what? I'll leave that question out. So I've had moments where I've done that, right? Then you do the interview exactly as the artist wants it, and you're not rewarded with a retweet or reshare or some sort of acknowledgement of the work you did. Yet, if something went wrong, that thing blows up. So Man. I think artists also need to reward good behavior with some sort of support, whether it's a like, a comment, a tweet. But for those budding outlets, for people who are coming up in these small markets and that interview was the biggest thing that they've been able to do that month, give them that. Don't yeah. put them on blast only when they do something wrong. That's one of my biggest pet peeves, bro. Yeah, um, as somebody who's been through it on multiple occasions and 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 then just being the behind the scenes, you know, as the leader um man you you hit the nail right on the head for me because i i'd be shocked and surprised when an artist retweets or shares an interview there was one artist that i they shared they shared the the youtube interview on their youtube mm-hmm. page and i said damn this don't happen like this yeah, don't happen um uh, but i've also been in situations because you know Somebody have their interview, and be, because things went left, it either changes the course of the next interview inside of the building, or you mm-hmm. just don't get it at all. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, so you you have that too. It's a lot to it. 
Um, but 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 for me to answer the question around like does hip hop need a sixty minutes? I think yeah, it yeah. does. Like I think it does. Was I, that was that was that not state of the culture? No, to me, I don't think it was state of the culture, and here's why. It was just niggas having conversations about shit. Like I, I love documentaries, right? And in a documentary, you literally get a beginning, middle, or end, and 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 you're telling the story, right? And I think you get that when you have state of the culture, but personal, your personal thoughts get in the way sometimes. So mm-hmm. if I don't like it, just using the baby for an example, if I had a, a an issue with the baby and you know we're talking about the baby with state of the culture i'm more than likely to be like oh i get what he deserved fuck dude but journalists the big the biggest thing about being a journalist is being in the middle and 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 we what we don't need is a cnn an ms well we don't need an msnbc we don't need a fox news i know the mandate just came down and said that they wanted cnn to be in the middle so i'm not going to use them but we got far left with, with MSNBC. We got far right with Fox. We need somebody in the middle. And I think what's needed is people, a group of people that's able to tell a story how you do. And I'm not just throwing you out there because of who you are. But I think you, but, but you know this, I think you do a great job at telling the story and not letting your personal feelings get into the way of telling said story. And yeah. that's what journalists need to do. And I don't, and I, and I partly think a lot of the Kanye thing is, is the way that it is within the community is because people already don't like, but they yeah, already yeah. feel some type of way and they want to just attack. And I'm not saying that nothing he said was wrong. What I'm saying is, is that you can't come down on Nori for not asking the questions that you wanted him to answer because the fans of Drink Champs knew what they were coming for, and they got it. Yeah, and if yeah. you was expecting anything differently, then you need to look in the mirror and ask why Kanye West won't go to a hard, more harder journalist to yeah. ask those, answer those questions. And that might be more about Ye and less than it is about Nori or about anybody Nori. else because they have their job to do. Like Walter Jacobson and, and and Larry King and 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 all of these other people have their thing and it's and it's and the last thing that I will say is it's very it's very telling that before he passed when Larry King had his own show rappers were going there and if yeah. you look at his YouTube yeah. page he wasn't he wasn't bullshitting with the questions. He wasn't. He wasn't. And he was. He was asking respectfully and softly, and just what? So why did you do this? <laughs> right. So, so why did Real you chill. sell drugs? Why did you yeah, sell drugs exactly. <laughs> at nineteen? Tell me about that. Like that, and and I think that hip hop needs that person with that type to have that type of a platform. We need a Barbara Walters. We need. I'm about to a, sound mad. Um, mad, mad pessimistic. Oh, I'm pessimistic uh, yeah. as hell. Yeah, it I ain't gonna happen. It's, it's it's impossible. It's not gonna happen. I think, it's not. I think we're now in the space. In the way, because I mean, let me rephrase it. Yeah, it's yeah. not gonna happen in the way that me and you want it. 
wanted it's to happen. It's only going to happen in a way that it pacifies the artist, and we're always going to get these lighthearted ass interviews where it's not nobody challenging somebody. Or when we do it, it's not going to travel, right? Because there, there are a million domatees out there who are really dope journalists who are doing their thing in their little pockets of the world, yourself included, myself, every, all of these people. There are a million people who never heard of neither one of us. <laughs> and we haven't heard of them. You yeah. know what I mean? I think Carla Mayer uh, over at Billboard. That's why I'm yeah. not saying people's names and stuff. He, he's doing phenomenal conversations with uh, Rick Ross with the game. He's mm -hmm. asking uncomfortable questions about these guys you know, it's different points in their careers. Um, but those interviews aren't going to travel because there's nothing salacious in them. They're not going to travel like the other ones. You know what it, I'm saying? Like some of these man. other platforms. I mean, no I mean, no disrespect when I say I just, I'm using no, other no, people, you, so it's not just about me. No, you know, I you hope are, I don't sound like I'm shading no, anybody. Not, it's like, I don't do think phenomenal work, but it's I don't think you're shading anybody. I don't think you're shading anybody because, like, Carl used to work in Interactive One, so I'm familiar mm. with his work. And there's a couple of people from it's, it's funny how there's a lot of people from Interactive One that I either like met or I saw them in passing when I first got here that are at some of these places and they're doing great things. It's just that to your point, you know, it, it's not like how it was going to be in 1995. G, the, so the era of the magazine, the periodical, that's just dead. Like we so what happened? What happens now? We used to um sorry to cut you off, but real quick no, before I lose this train of thought, what happens now is we don't even as I'm even as we're both saying to expect something else from Nori is irrational. The truth is, whether we like it or not, people are going to call him a journalist, and his platform is going to amplify harmful rhetoric. So at some point, even if these rappers don't want to be journalists. They do have to, whether it's revolt where people work, or whether it's, um, you know, uh, you know, Gilly's company, a bar stool. Whether they decide, yo, because you have such a big platform, we want to arm you. We're going to give you a producer that's going to arm you with a couple more tools and some information. But then that's going to take the organic nature out of the show. So it's like, but at some point, these these people have to decide for themselves. Okay, how do I want to approach this conversation? because I might be more powerful and impactful than I even realized. And everything that is said within this three hour conversation will be important and will travel. Who can I bring to help me do this the right way? Or should I do it at all? <clears throat> and I think that that's what, what is missing from a lot of these people and a lot of these platforms. Yeah, well, I mean, we can have this conversation all day long, um, but like, you know, as I said before, as I said in the open, as I just said, like I think that you are somebody who's doing it right, who is doing it just, who are who are doing it, you know, you know, bipartisan, if you want to use that term, right down the middle, and really educating people. Um, and 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 I won't I won't say no more. We need more of something when we already have it. We just need to look at it. And that's why I I go behind the paywall with certain brands to to see and read what they're talking about. Um, I'm just not gonna subscribe to anybody's IG subscriptions for forty four ninety nine. I'm not gonna. Do that. <laughs> that's why I draw the line. That's man. why I draw the line. I'm not subscribing to your exclusive Instagram joints for four ninety nine. I'm not gonna not gonna do that. So I'm just throwing that out there. But man, look. 
It was great talking Thanks to you, Double T, man, bro. always. Um, and, and like I said, I really wanted to get you on here for this type of joint right here because what we do as some dudes, we try to take the, the hot takes out of it and just really have a thorough-ass conversation about some of the things that's going on because I don't like the debate. I like to be educated, and I think that I've been educated um, on things outside of Chicago as I would say, inside of these buildings um, and, 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 and how to be a better journalist when it comes to certain platforms because it's easy to talk this shit on the, on the, on the podcast. Yeah, but when yeah. the red light come on... Yeah, come on now. And when that person is right in front of you and you know that everything that comes out of your mouth could not only impact your relationship but the relationship of entire conglomerate. You know, one person says one thing and, and for 10 years... XYZ artist won't perform at the VMAs, right? So, like, it's, it's crazy. So, you're right. But that's why I love your platform and I love the community that you built um, behind the scenes. Like, you know, the Some Dude, if y'all are part of the Some Dude Facebook group, the, the conversation you guys are having, even beyond episodes I haven't even got a chance to listen to yet, it, it crowdsources information. And it's kind of like a gut check, which is what a good journalist does, is seeing, reading the posts of the people. So, I love what you're doing with this. And I'm glad you had me on, G. And I'll be back, man. I'm going to be back with you on mic, man. Just let me know when. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we got you. Look, we know you busy. You know what I'm saying? We know you going to be in front of this camera talking about some of this other shit real soon or whatever like that. So, like, I've been, oh, I like, made a vow to never talk about Kanye. Again. You going to look. I, I saw that shit. I saw that yeah. shit. Ain't no, no way. I made, I made a vow. My last Ain't, story was my last story. <laughs> look, I believe that shit when I see it. Because <laughs> because we are journalists and we are in the entertainment business, it's gonna be some shit that pop up, and you're gonna be like, Hey, it's Double T Pongo for MTV News. I told y'all yeah. niggas that I wasn't gonna talk about Kanye. <laughs> Guess what he did today? <laughs> Guess what this motherfucker did today? He's getting sued for 250 million because of the damn shit that I told y'all about last week. Wait, I know you keep trying to go, but this is a perfect example though. You know, I, I'm friends with the people who worked on Genius, bro. Like, they live in New York. Like, I be mo rotating with them. And I be thinking, like, I wonder what they think when I do these games. Like, we all cool. So you can do it and maintain relationships. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I think anybody listening who's in the business, you can do it and maintain relationships as long as what you're saying is actual factuals, man. But I do... I did have to think through that, but I just want to underscore that so I'm not just talking at my ass because it's easy for somebody who don't have a relationship to talk about everybody. But I'm really, really cool with a lot of people really close <laughs> to dude and made a lot of money with dude over several years. And they know I got a job to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they know I'm not any different than I was before I had a chance to meet him. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's rough, bro. It's, it's rough, but I think that little by little, the strides that we're making is going to elevate one day because, I mean, four, five years ago, we didn't see where we are now for ourselves. And so, and I think that this, things like this happen, it highlights that real journalistic integrity still matters in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it gives me hope. It gives me hope that people, there's somebody out there like, okay, I'm going to go back and look at these people I've been arguing with and be like, did you engage with this? I talked about this issue the way you wanted it to be spoken about, even if you disagree with what I said. Did you engage with it? Did you watch it? Did you retweet it? Did you like it? And, and really hold people to account because what we say we want isn't always reflected in our behavior. You know? Yeah, I told my, I told my cousin this uh, when he was talking about Ime Udoka 
And and one of the things that I told him is, is that I understand what you're saying. If this was a white dude, all of this, I'm not saying that you're lying because you're 100% right when it comes to the coverage of certain things. But the fact of the matter is, is that I learned with Deshaun Watson because I had somebody tell me that the reason why people couldn't talk about Deshaun Watson at first before, because it was, it wasn't, it wasn't sex. It was, mm. but if it's sex, we going to talk about it. And email you Donker comes up and he has sex, and then you might and then you see who his his girlfriend or his fiance is, it keeps the story going. Going. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, what yeah. and what are we going to do as media platforms? Some media mm-hmm. platforms, the media platforms that people check for, they're gonna give you the salacious. And what do we run to? We run to the salacious. We don't run to the small print, nope. we run to the big bold print with the blood and guts at the front. We don't yep. look at that. And, that, and that's the other thing that I challenge our people on is to read more than the caption, read more than memes, because this is more to the story that you can get. Because shouts out to Brian Crawford, he told me about Brett Favre two weeks before it happened. Before it ha- come on, man. <laughs> and come then on, man. I saw the news articles when it happened. It didn't take something else to happen. For me to say why you wasn't talking about Brett Favre, because I've already been talking about Brett Favre. Hey, look, man, Domacy, yeah. it was great having you on. We definitely going to have you on with the whole group. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation uh, with Brian Crawford. He's been seen in everywhere from Slam Magazine. I think he was in Rolling Stone. Um, the Final Call, anything you could think of, he wrote it. Uh, he wrote in it, and, and my man... Um, Brandon Caldwell, he's one of um, my co-workers, but he's also wrote for a lot of these publications as well. We're going to continue this conversation um, because I think it needs to be had for the hip-hop community. It is 50 years, people. Next year, it is 50 years of hip-hop. Hip-hop has grown. Hip-hop has matured. So do hip-hop need more responsible platforms or do the platforms that we have need to be more responsible Chicken in the air conversation, but we gonna have it right here on some dude. Make sure y'all follow us on everything. Some dude pod, JR Bang, Domity Pongo. We out. Yo, 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 it's your girl Nate Kel, and this is Some Dude Podcast. We out. Peace. <laughs> Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.